want to just take a minute or a few minutes this morning to talk about this crisis that's in our country. And I don't, a lot of people argue back and forth as how we should address this. Anyway, we look at it, it's a crisis. If it's over next week, it's still going to be a crisis because of the, of the impact on business, et cetera. And I just want to encourage everybody, and especially the, some of the leaders that are listening as, as we talk about this thing, let's, let's all watch very carefully what we put online, what we respond to online. Let's not get aggressive. Let's not get abusive. Let's just honor one another and believe that the next person is doing their best to serve God just like I'm doing my best to serve God. And that's all I want to give to that. But there are those that have been exposed. We've uh, we've got several of the international leaders from the Assemblies of God that I've been made aware of over the past couple of days that are some that have died, others that are at death's door. And uh, we just want to pray that God will give wisdom and that, that God will touch them and their families and help them in this time. Plus, there, there's, many, there's many things out there we'll be de developing. This is going to be a week-by-week -week thing. Right now, we're doing it this week, this way. Next week... We're going to still continue to follow the guidelines as they unfold. And one of the, one of the difficulties that we, we face is people have never been here before. So we've got, we, we're just kind of forced to walk with God and hear his voice and move forward as best we can. And that's exactly what we're doing. I'm really looking forward to this service this morning. I, I know that, that uh, the worship team and, and Caleb has got some good things for you. But let's just begin by praying and asking God to intervene. God, we just lift not just our nation, God, but our world up to you. God, I saw some things coming out of Africa this morning that were both encouraging and troubling. Some of it was that some were refusing to acknowledge that they needed to take precautions. But then, God, I saw some of your people, your leaders, that admonished them, and I saw them receive. And, God, that's a good thing. They, and, Lord, other nations, it's the same thing. I'm, I'm not just pinpointing the continent of Africa. I'm just saying that's where I saw this stuff coming from, and I watched as your kingdom worked, and I thank you for that. But, God, we know you're the healer. We know you're the great deliverer. We also know that in the end you're God. And we bow to who you are and what you are. And Lord, as my brother often says, either we trust you or we don't. As for me, I trust you. And I ask you to, to keep your people safe, to bring people into your kingdom through this time, and help us as we continue to do what we can to see that God's people are taken care of during this time. Lord, bless this time together. Help us all as we use the internet in a way that we've never used it before. Lord, help us do it effectively and help people to respond all over the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Join us this morning as we lift our hearts to him. My heart still lifts to him and says, Lord, every blessing that you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, I'm still going to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Good, good, oh. 
You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. This week in reading up on things that are going on around our world, you know, there's unintended and unexpected goodness that comes out of things like this. And just one little uplifting story that I saw that I thought was so neat. Most of us are familiar with Venice and the canals and the, and the places where they run the gondolas and they have so much traffic on those canals but right now they have almost none and because of that all of a sudden the residents there in Venice are looking out their doors and they're looking over the side and suddenly it's clear and beautiful water instead of murky and dark and highly populated and they're seeing the fish down there that you know they probably knew were there in the back of their mind, but they've never seen them there in their entire lifetime. And they're taking in the beauty. And they're being able to look at it and say, Lord, thank you for the good sides of things. And that's what we're doing today. We're focusing on his goodness. And it's not a case of trying to drum up positivity. It's a case of saying, Lord, thank you for what I have. As I sit in my living room and I look at my family, and I look at them happy and healthy, maybe a little stir-crazy from being home more than normal, but I have my family. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. I've been held in your 
While you're in this attitude of worship, let's take just a few minutes to pray for those that we know of that are, that are sick in various ways. A man named Stacy, that two days ago they were saying that he had little hope, but today he's still alive. God's people started praying, and well, that, let's put it this way, God's people came together and started praying together for this man. Uh, down at the orphanage in, in Mexico, there in Chihuahua, Mariana and several of the children are sick. They don't really have a diagnosis. They just know that medication and everything is running expensive. And it's not as easy to get a diagnosis in, in national medicine situations as some might think. Um, a lot of times the attitude is these kids will get through it, they'll get over it. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but we need to pray for them. Um, once again in Juarez, things have gotten very violent again, and, and uh, several people that we know are locked in their homes, not just because of the coronavirus, but because it's unsafe to be in the streets. They've been out of toilet paper there for quite some weeks now, and you don't hear about that in our news, but they need prayer. Uh, the borders closed yesterday, completely closed. The Canadian borders closed day before yesterday, completely closed. All of this stuff needs prayer. The local people that, that need protection, need a touch from God. So let's just pray. Everybody that you know, they're in your homes, they're here, pray for them. I'll do the same here and know that our voice rings out in heaven when we pray. And, and, and when I say in heaven, I don't mean out there somewhere. I mean in God's realm, and touching the heart of God. Our voice rings out when we pray. So it, it's not just saying prayers. It's interacting with God. Father, some of these people are, are so important to people in this house. God, we lift up Stacy there in the ICU in Quincy, asking you to completely heal. Completely heal. God, completely heal. Lord, for me, no qualifiers on this. I'm just asking you to heal. God, this family needs to see your hand at work. And God, we lift up Ruthie Burton over in, in Quincy that will now be going, I think it's to St. Louis on Monday, uh, to get a second opinion of having problems with with it, uh, with whatever, some function, internal function, whatever that is. But God, age is no barrier to you. You can reach through and completely heal. And I just ask you to do that. Heal, Lord God. Let your healing power be made known in this time. God, I pray that your, that your healing power will touch the orphanage and just sweep through that place. Lord, let it stand as a testimony to God. Lord, I pray that, I pray that you will help them along the border, Lord, as the violence breaks out once again. I, I pray that you will turn that thing however it is that you need to turn it. But God, protect those that are working and building your kingdom there. Protect them. Keep them under your grace, under your power. Help them to work fully in the power of your anointing. Now, God, we ask you for the remainder of this service, asking you that you help us. Lord, we don't want this to just be an online feel-good thing. 
We want it to be a, a releasing of your spirit. God, there is, no, there is no geography in you. God, you can touch people no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing. You can touch them because we pray. God, our faith is in that. That the, that the manifest presence of God will be in our homes and, and we'll, we'll be in, in uh, contact with those that we love and those that we're lifting up. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for those of you that are listening online, we want you to know that uh, you can give online. Uh, there are online options. If you have any trouble with that, you can contact Sai, you can contact Leslie, you can contact Chelsea for online giving. Sai would probably rather that I told you to contact Leslie or Chelsea. But you can you can do that. You can also send, you can mail a check here, you can drop a check by some of the uh, some of the leaders' houses. And some of you might be thinking, well, why are they talking about offering? Well, the expenses of the church goes on, number one. And number two is coming out of this, there's going to be more need for benevolent help than we've had in a long, long time. Uh, we will oversee that and work hard to do our part in that. But to do that, we need your continued faithfulness and giving. So you've been so faithful up to now. I have no reason to think you would be otherwise. I'm just reminding you that that opportunity is still available for you. This morning we have Caleb ministering. We're, we're going on with the series we've been doing, and um, somebody else would have to tell you what that series is because I just know my part in it. Eh? <laughs> so anyway, I'm looking forward. What's that? Communicating the story of God. Communicating the story of God. That's a big undertaking, folks, but <laughs> we have decided that he might help us do it. Caleb, come and minister as God has given you stuff. All right. This is more than a little bit weird. My dad could probably relate because I remember times when we were kids and there was probably like three people in church and two of them were the kids. So, um, Right as we begin here, I just in, invite everyone at home uh to just invite the Holy Spirit into your home right now if you already haven't, so that whatever I speak or teach here, that He will translate it into what you need to hear. Um, one really cool thing I think is going on this morning is many, many churches are doing the online uh, ministering is there's a lot of husbands and wives who may not make it to Sunday morning who are in their homes right now. And so if you're on the computer, on your phone, turn it up so they can hear it. Snuggle up next to them on the couch. Um, doesn't even matter if you're in your PJs. I don't care. <laughs> um, the Holy Spirit can be there, and uh, God will talk to you. Um, we're going on with this series about uh, uh, telling the story of God through the Bible. Um, and the topic that was chosen was our best teacher. Um, and I talked to Glenn. I'll probably have to do this in a couple times because... There's a lot there, and I probably won't even touch on a lot of it. Just trying to get the spots that God wants me to share and what He spoke to me about it. Um, I'll have my Bible here, and we're going to start in Luke five, seventeen through twenty-six. Um, I'm do my best to 
do it without reading it so I can tell the story, what I can remember. And then I'll have it here in case I get nervous and forget. Um, this first one we've actually talked about a couple times in the past months about Jesus um, healing the paralyzed man. This is a story where Jesus is in the house, um, and actually the whole house is full of teachers, which I think is a pretty neat um, part of it. It wasn't full of, uh, it doesn't, didn't say it was full of people that were just trying to see who he was or any kind of thing like that. Kind of thing like that. It was people that were teachers, um, people that were studied of the law, all kinds of folks like that that were trying to see what Jesus was about. If he was, well, a lot, a lot of really educated people were doing, they're probably trying to see if they were smarter than him. Um, but anyways, the house was packed, and they had, no one else could get in. And these uh, four buddies had a paralyzed friend, and they were trying to get him to the meeting because they knew that Jesus would heal people. Um, so what they did is they packed him across town on his, on his cot, and he couldn't get into the meeting, so they got, went up to the roof, and they started knocking the roof out, said peeling back the tiles so they could get him there and lower him down to, towards Jesus. Um, and when they did that, I think a really interesting, at least jumped out to me when I was reading it, is, I mean, even in my Bible, it says the story of when Jesus healed the paralyzed man, but it says that Jesus was impressed with their faith told the man that he forgive him of his sins. So I almost need to rename that story that Jesus forgives the paralyzed man. Um, and then, of course, the, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law and the studied said that this is, this is blasphemous because you can't forgive sins. You, he, it, to show his authority that he could, because he knew what they were thinking, he said, I'll show you that I have the authority. And he, he told the man to get up, healed him, pack up his mat, and walk. And he did. It said that they were all in fear. And there's two words for fear in the Bible. We've learned that here in the past couple of weeks, too. The youth group has anywhere, anyways. There's one that's fear, like trembling and scared, like a scary movie. And then there's the, the fear and awe. And this, and this particular story is awe. Um, they were they were filled with awe, all these teachers of what Jesus could do. The part about forgiveness in here that I think we gloss over sometimes um, has really gotten to me about the the see the best way to Sometimes we, we think when we're praying for someone for healing, like Stacy or any of these other folks that we pray for, the people in your family, um, the ones we know are sick, we think we need an extra measure of faith to pray for healing. We think we need extra this or, or, or uh, jump through some kind of hoop. But the truth is, if, you, if you're a follower of Christ and you've asked Him to come into your life, forgive your sins, and you believe on Him... It says your sins are forgiven. You believe that these sins are forgiven. The authority comes for healing, for all these miracles that Jesus does. That little bit of faith goes a long, long ways. Sometimes I think we forget that. We think, well, I'm a Christian, but Glenn prays for people and they get healed. 
same Jesus, same power, same forgiveness. If we can believe that he can forgive our sins, which is, is a miracle all by itself, then healing and all this other stuff is just fruit that comes from that. It, it shows the authority, which this just blesses me in everyday life. We, you start to understand this. I think it'll really change how we even look at people. It'll put, it put, puts me in awe all the time of how much this, this mustard seed amount of faith that we could have, we could tell mountains to move. And you could think about that in your own life, what mountains need to be moved, and you have the faith to do it. Um, for those of you that may be home and, and there's someone you know or someone that you're stuck in the house with, maybe you see it that way. But it's kind of funny how our culture is so scattered now that the thought of being home together um, I've heard both ways this week about how people are like, this is really great because families have to meet around the same table. They have to love on each other. They have to be in the same house. But I've also heard stories about there's going to be mass fighting and, and uh, homicides because of <laughs> having to be in the same house together. But uh, <laughs> I, could, I, I think God's in control no matter what. And I think how we see that and how we use the faith that he's given us to, to work with what he's doing We'll make we'll be we'll put everybody in awe. Um, and I'm I'm going to go right on from that to in in Mark, number four thirty five through forty one. Um, I'll go back. I'll just tell it. If I miss something, let me know. <laughs> um, this is when Jesus calmed the seas. He just got done feeding a whole bunch of people. And he told the disciples, we're going to get in this boat and go to the other side. And this story, like I kind of, if I was to rename the story, uh, I would name it as Because I Said So Story. And it's the part of it that Jesus taught me out of this, and we're going to go over today, is Jesus told them, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And then, of course, we know a big storm came up, and... They were scared, and the boats were getting full of water and stuff like this. And and you can really kind of tell if anybody has been in a situation like this before, you can kind of tell w- what someone's character is a little bit when you get them into a situation like this. Um, I had a f- kind of a funny story about when we were in Hawaii. My family got to go here in January, and we were got uh, a fishing boat to go out fishing, we planned. And it was rough, rough water. So this, I was thinking of this story the whole time we were on that boat. <laughs> and if they tell you that, someone tells you that uh, seasickness pills don't wear off, they're lying because they wear off. And I know exactly when because um, Elsa went on the boat with us, which is she was super brave to never have done this. And she went out there and caught her an ocean tuna, which is awesome. She went from hugging her bucket to catching a fish and back to hugging her bucket and filling it full of her breakfast so but she was super brave did that I mean and uh, um, my dad went which was the funny part of that story was I think that he's uh, just got a new hip <laughs> he was trying to scoot up on the seat because it was ru- I mean rough waters they gave us a little poncho to cover our legs up to keep the rain off of us but it was worthless because the water was coming over the side of the boat and just we were all soaked and at one time he told me I'm gonna try and scoot up because we were falling down the seat every time it would hit it go over a big wave or something like that 
and he went to try and scoot up and the boat went underneath and he stood up I mean it was like the boat just went underneath and he was instantly standing up and he grabbed hold of this pole to try and keep him from falling out and my first reaction was grab his shirt but the whole time my imagination is kind of weird I was sitting there thinking well he's the patriarch of the family he's just going to stand up and say be still <laughs> so and of course he was doing the same old dad thing he stood there like I meant to do this you know and so I was kind of laughing about that and I look over at Damon and he's I guess in our family the most like Jesus because he was sound asleep he was swaying back and forth and he didn't have a pillow in this story Jesus had a pillow when he rested in the front of the boat Damon didn't have a pillow and the my favorite part of the boat ride is when he was swaying back and forth sleeping he swayed all the way forward and knocked his head on the captain's chair and woke up <laughs> so that part was fun but it it's it's fun to tell those stories on ourselves I mean and my brother Jeremy and his wife were there too and his wife is Jeremy married well some a lot of people here haven't met him but uh, he married a woman who can bake like crazy and she can outfish him any day of the week so she was watching those poles like a hawk she found a she spotted a whale out there jumping so she was on top of everything and Jeremy the whole time he was just calm he'd watch the poles sometimes he was either eating his nutty butters and handing the bucket to Elsa when she needed it so each one of us had like a different aspect and it was fun for me to watch while I was trying not to fall over and from sickness because that gets me and, I, and it was funny because I thought man I wonder if this pill will wear off and I started feeling a little sick and I turned around and there was Jeremy Hell and Elsa a bucket so not exactly the same situation that they were going through but you can tell something about someone's character when you're on a, a rough boat ride <laughs> for sure and uh, it was fun to be there with my family to see how everybody was and uh and it was definitely a blast. Um, I'll get back to this story here. I just love that story because it was so much fun even though it was a long boat ride. Um, so anyways, the, the the storm's knocking and the, the disciples are kind of freaking out and scared and they're bailing water and they're trying to do everything in their own power to control the situation and Jesus was asleep on the pillow. So finally they got upset and woke him up and said don't you even care about us and uh the rest as the story goes jesus stood up and he re rebuked the wind and the waves and they laid down and they were at peace and he asked them about their faith why don't you have enough faith to know that i'm um here with you and the things that i gleaned from this is that one is because i said so we need to have the faith when jesus says something it's going to come to pass. We know, may not know the exact timing. We may not know the exact process, but it's going to happen. Um, and the part in here that I've seen in my life quite a little bit is when I have a storm in my life, when I have something going on, I try and do everything I can. I'll bail water. I will um, get my friends to help. We'll try and do whatever we can to control that situation and do it. And God will let us do that. Jesus will let us control our situation as long as we want and he will just say you guys want to drive go ahead and i'll rest but when we get to where we are ready to cast our cares on him which is funny peter was in that boat and in first peter 5 7 peter talks about casting your cares on him 
when we get to a point where we're ready to just cast our cares upon him and have him take care of the situation and be in control of what's going to happen, we can rest, and he does the work. To me, that's awesome. I've tried to get that into my bones to where I can cast my cares on him before I start trying to bail the water myself and, and uh, have uh, anxiety attacks about what's going on. Because um, anxiety is big in our culture right now. And casting our cares on him seems like it's easy to say, um, but it's real. If we let him be in control, we can rest. If we want to be in control and... Um, we he he'll he'll be more than welcome to let us do that but that's when he's going to be resting the wind and the waves obeyed him and they were all in awe about how that even the winds and the waves obeyed him when jesus said it it happened when he said we're going to the other side they made it to their side when he told the wind and the waves to go down they did um and we like to take some of that from the Bible that obey your father and your mother. This is a parent's favorite verse. Obey your father and mother. It makes you swell up with like, yes, you have to obey me. This is authority, you know. And one thing that kind of deflates me sometimes when I do that is I'll think, yes, they have to obey me. But then I think, you know what, I have Abba Father, Daddy. And uh, I need to obey him. And I'm not any more excused than that is, and my kids are excused from obeying me and one thing uh that i notice it may be just my family but i think it's in our culture in general is most kids nowadays when you tell them something they're expected to obey yes but they're also eager to have an explanation of why what and how and all these things and i mean i've been serving god for a long time he's told me many things chores to do and different stuff like that and he doesn't offer an explanation once in a while, he'll give me some understanding, but probably most of the time, the understanding comes after I obey. Um, that's just out there for you kids. <laughs> you uh, Obeying is good. Understanding may come later, and explanation is not always needed. Um, but we need to, as we model to our kids that obedience is important, we need to obey our Abba Father without explanation um, when he says we're going to go somewhere we're going to do something um, it's going to happen some of the anxiety and things that are going on with this uh, virus and, and uh, around here we need to have take the time to hear God about what he said about your lives about your life and your family's life um, I highly highly doubt that God has told anybody this is the end there's still things that God has talked to us about in our own private lives that he said so, and it's going to happen. It's going to come about. We may not have an explanation of how we're going to get there, but we're going to get there. Um, and we can bank on that. Um, and we can rest in the present situation. That, that is going to happen what he says what he says will come to pass we don't have to have fear for the future um, I was, oh I was going to add in here a little bit about this we've been talking a lot about being disciples and being discipled um, a lot of us 
in this, maybe even in this time where we have time where we're distancing a little bit, where we can hear God a little bit, focus on Him, we don't want to forget about the ones that God may be having us to go and disciple. We have technology now where we can disciple people across the world if we want to. Um, and I w- would encourage everyone to find out who those people are. Um, and I would actually put this challenge out to Christians. If you've been a Christian a week, doesn't even take very much. God has called us to be disciples. And what that means is we're going to be under someone's authority and allow them to disciple us in what we're in our, in our walk with him um that doesn't mean do everything they say that means to be disciple means to teach be taught and take it before the father take it before the word and walk out our lives and this also means that you every christian even been a christian for a short time are to be discipling someone as well or to be on both sides of that and disciple doesn't mean you have to be the Pope to have you be discipling you or someone like that. It means someone has just been walking with the Lord maybe a little bit longer, maybe a step or two ahead of you is all that is. And it's about obedience and it's about having relationships. And I, I just encourage, I've been encouraging a lot of people this, and I'll just do it today again, that this is very, very important. It's not an option, really. Um, and it's not like you need to go and disciple 20 people either this is about what god gives you for your chore he knows your abilities um jesus discipled 12 and only 11 made it so i wouldn't be set your goal at 20 people um and keep that in mind as god is having you submit your life to other people in discipleship as well because um for example glenn can't disciple 40 people even though he's close to bishop you know he He's limited. <laughs> he's not Jesus. And even though Damon can fall asleep on a rough boat, he's not Jesus either. So there's there's a, a limit to that. Um, about the intimacy, about being discipled with somebody. But anyways, back to this again. They went, i kind of skipping around a little bit, but these are things that God's been putting in my heart this week, and I wanted to try and fit them into this. Um, They made it to the other side of the sea. And just like Jesus said would happen, it happened. And right after this, actually the following chapter, right after this in the next story, talks about the um, the demon-possessed man. When they got off the boat, um, it was the man that was running naked and crazy. That he, No one could chain this man. He'd been demon-possessed for a long time. They, It actually sounds like, if you read the story, that the, the people in the town there actually got used to it. Um, they actually thought it was peculiar when he got delivered, um, but he—they were used to this guy. Well, anyway, he come when when Jesus got off the boat, he came running and kneeled and worshipped, is what it says in the story. Um, and a big part of that that I love and I've told it before is this man was demon possessed, and and when Jesus asked him who he was, his legion because there were many, so he was demon possessed by a lot of demons, but they still couldn't keep him from worshiping when he got there so um, worshiping is not something that anyone can stop you from doing when the king of kings is there you can worship you can worship and drive maybe not text and drive but you can worship and drive 
Just don't close your eyes. <laughs> or raise your hands. Both hands on the wheel. <laughs> um, this story, I'll, uh, I'll tell the whole thing through, that, that they, they arrived on there, the man came and worshipped, um, and he was demon-possessed, he was known for it. He'd been living in the graveyard and cutting himself with rocks. They've tried to chain him. They couldn't get him chained. A um, lot of things going on with this guy. Jesus showed up. He come and worshiped. And, and the demons, after they introduced themselves, asked Jesus to have mercy on them and put them into, or not to torment them, but to put them into the herd of pigs that was nearby. And... uh Jesus gave them permission. They went into the pigs. The pigs ran down and drowned. And the pig shepherds, I guess, went back to the town and told everybody what was going on. They were in fear and awe. It says they were afraid. So that was different than the awe. They were actually afraid of what happened. Um, and then um, Jesus said, well, let's go back to the other side. So they were going to get back in the boat. And this man asked to go with him. And Jesus told him no. Um, he said, go and tell people what happened. Uh, and the, 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 if I could narrow down what's going on in that whole story, I'd go back, I would go down to Jesus's compassion. He's teaching the the disciples and the people about compassion. He actually had compassion on the legion, if you ask me, because they asked him not to torment him. So obviously he had the authority to do that. He could have sent them straight to hell, but he didn't. And this, I mean, just dawn, I mean, I guess I knew this for a long time, but Jesus created all the angels, or God created all the angels and everything in heaven, and then they rebelled, and some of them followed Lucifer, and that's where we get the demons and all that stuff. But he, they're actually still his creation. He had compassion on them right here, which is probably more than I would have done. Um, but he, even on, even on these creatures, he had compassion, sent them into the pigs. And... I guess we know pigs are smarter than people because they weren't going to have it, so they went and drowned themselves. <laughs> so um, I thought that was interesting. And then he, this this man that wanted to go with him who had been demon-possessed, Jesus told him no. He said to go and tell people about the Lord's compassion. And he went to the, it says Decapolis. I don't know if I say that right, but it means he went to the ten cities. So in just a matter of a short time here, Jesus made an instant missionary. Without any seminary, this man went and taught about one topic, and that was his compassion. And it said the people in the ten cities. So he wasn't shy about it. He went and spread God's compassion through ten cities, and it says the people were in awe. So amazing story about God's compassion. And the challenge that I have for folks today and throughout this week um, is to find some people in your, I guess I'd say travels, but you're not going to be traveling much this week. In your internet travels this week and in prayer, ask God to find some people that you can share His compassion with. This one man um, spread this compassion over 10 cities. And he didn't have the internet. He didn't have Google and Facebook and all this stuff. So what can we do? And he was one man. 
And you may say, well, maybe I haven't experienced his compassion. If you haven't, it's there to be had. Um, if you're maybe in a house right now with folks that know Jesus, ask them because they've experienced his compassion. And uh, if you're listening to this and maybe it's the first time listening to it, contact anybody in our church and we'll tell you about um, Jesus' compassion and what he's done in our lives and how salvation will change everything how about how you are how you are and who you, how you think but this week find out find some people and and find a way to share the lord's compassion if there's maybe neighbors and such that need taken care of we need to show the world what the church is about this next week with compassion um i know there's a lot of restraints on how many people are in a room and all that kind of thing but and so far, there's not restraints about helping your neighbors or checking on ones that you know may need a little extra help. Um, or if you're 20 years old and in great health, maybe you can go to the store for your neighbor who's not um, and take the precautions and show the Lord's compassion, show the world who Jesus is this week as you're out there doing the thing. Um, and... Something else to do that, um, that I would challenge you is in this time where it seems like we're going to have a little more spare time on our hands than usual is to really get into prayer about this discipling stuff. This has really been on my heart, um, and I think a lot of people around our country and actually around the world, and this not being able to meet together is a bummer, but it's not ever could it stop what this is the discipling part of this where we meet one-on-one -on -one or over um, phone calls and internet where this discipling can go on and we can not just go after the ones um, who are serving God which is really important but the ones who are not the ones who are just curious about what this is what God is about what serving Jesus is about this is an opportunity of a lifetime to share Christ in showing compassion to our neighbors, not just the neighbors we know are nice, not just the neighbors we know will will uh, give us five bucks for taking out their garbage, not that kind of stuff. I'm talking about real labor of love like Jesus did. To love those that are a mess and and bring the gospel to them. Because you, when you take this time, I, I'm, I'm challenging you to take time this week to pray about who God has put in your life that you are to have a direct effect on. Um, because he will tell you, he will show you, he'll put them right in front of you where you about trip over them. And they are not always nice people. They are not always the people that you um, want to be hanging out with all the time, but they are just as important to God as you are. Um, and as you're doing that, just remember when Jesus says something, it's going to happen. It's going to, it's going, if Jesus puts someone in your life for a reason, it may be something that you think, well, Jesus put this person in my life, so by next week they're going to be saved and serving God and full of the Holy Spirit. That may not be the case. It might be, which is great, but it may not. It may be a lifetime commitment he puts you in with that person and where they under, get to understand the mess that your life is while you're understanding the mess of their life. It's um, pretty much the way Jesus did it. And I encourage you this week to really spend time in prayer as you're praying for other people and praying for loved ones, praying for the 
uh, uh, end to this sickness that you spend time to ask God who he's put on your radar one to maybe for you to submit to under authority as far as being a disciple and then one's for you to reach out to this next week um, and just in case no one knows if you're a parent your kids are your disciples period they will be discipled by people outside your house but sometimes that's even scarier than if you're doing it <laughs> um, that is an authority that God gives you from the time that that baby is made that is your disciple and you are to disciple them and if you're in a closed home with them for a couple of weeks praise God there should be some uh, what are that I heard someone at a high school one time say super Christian there's a Christians and there's super Christians we should have a whole bunch of super Christians coming out of this but don't in in searching for someone that God has for you to to disciple or to be a disciple of don't neglect that you have kids that need to be taught how to pray they need to be taught how to be discipled because you don't have to be you, you can be discipling and teaching people about God at a very very young age you don't have to go through seminary this guy didn't he was demon possessed and became a missionary um and your parents are going to set that example when you disciple your kids. Teach them how to pray. Um, I'm amazed at how many kids um, are uncomfortable praying out loud. This shouldn't be. This should be something that happens in your house. Um, it doesn't have to be some Jimmy Swagger super prayer. It's just communicating with God, and that was needed to be taught to them. So those are those are the challenges I have for you. Um, and. There'll be more next week for sure. I don't know if you want me to continue this next week or if you if I am. Okay, good. Because next week I'm I'm excited about this. Is going to be going on the story of Lazarus, and uh, having faith through your fire, and not just having faith and sitting waiting for something to happen. So I'm I'm kind of excited about that. Um, is there anything else you want to do before we close, Glenn? Or okay, Glenn's going to come up and say a couple words then. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking of, of an effective way to, to close this. Uh, it's not that the message is not effective, but we have people viewing that no doubt are in situations that they feel completely out of control. And let me encourage you, you are. You, <laughs> we're not control, in control of what's going on right now, but God is. And I, I was listening to the various facets of what Caleb was presenting and thinking of how it applies to people right now. The, there, there are those among us that are sick and and the, the thing that was effective was getting them into the presence of Jesus. Uh, there are those that are afraid. Uh, just this fear that of something that they don't know more. Actually, probably the biggest thing is the fear of the unknown. But I want you to pick up something there that Jesus... There was a mild rebuke in what he was saying when he says, basically, where's your faith? Uh, faith comes by hearing. And Jesus had taught them, he said, I can't do anything unless I hear my Father. So what was he actually saying to them? He's saying, settle down and hear God. God has spoken to me that his will is on the other side of this. 
So take a nap. And I would say that to you. Your, God's will is on the other side of this for most of you. Take a nap. Enjoy your family. And if you, do, if you don't know Jesus and you're wondering, how can I get that kind of relationship? It's real easy. Just realize that he's going to change almost everything about how you think if you'll let him. He'll put a new heart and a new spirit in you. You have only to ask him. But if you'll reach out to him and begin to realize that for him to be your savior, he must be your Lord. And that you're willing to hear him and let him become the ruler of your life, then everything will change for you. The fear will no longer rule. The disease will no longer rule. On and on it goes. Um, you won't. <laughs> I, I love the story about the, the guy that was said, so many demons that first thing he wanted to do is I want to be a part of this ministry I'm going with you and Jesus said nah stay home tell people what's happened to you and that's what I would say to you if you through this message and through this service if if you've come to see Jesus in a different way don't worry about what ministry you're supposed to be a part of or what you're supposed to do just stay home do what Jesus puts before you father thank you <laughs> Thank you for the revelation and simply presenting the story. God, as I sat there and listened to Caleb, there were so many things that I haven't thought of in a long time that were running through my mind. And it's simply because we're telling the story of God and his work with his people. God, don't let people get away from the fact that they are getting involved in God's story. Not so much that God's getting involved in their story, but they're getting a place in God's story and that changes everything. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for being a God that we can place our trust in. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for hooking up online with us this morning.